When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Avzak, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire, and it's Halloween weekend for most of you, and I think that's why it's been kind of quiet here in Daily Thrones land. Uh, not a lot of calls, even from our regulars this weekend, I'm assuming. You guys are out partying, celebrating Halloween. I didn't grow up with the holiday as much as other people. The focus was on other holidays like Christmas and and Thanksgiving. That was big in our family. Halloween, not so much. Not celebrated too much, but it's a fun holiday. I get it. A lot of you love it. And have you ever dressed up as a Game of Thrones character for Halloween? Ever cosplayed, even at a convention, as a Game of Thrones character? I never have. I don't uh, I don't costume well, I don't cosplay well, but if I if I was, I definitely would go as a man of the night's watch. Y'all know my love of the night's watch. That's the house I'd like to join, so I'd like to put on the black cloak and take the black for a holiday. It's a lot of work though. Seems kinda hot and sweaty for a Halloween party, but I think I could do it. What have you guys done for Halloween? What Game of Thrones costumes have you pulled off Varys Baelish Sansa a dragon or Daenerys Targaryen I always love going to conventions every uh, year in fact I'm going to going tomorrow to LA Comic Con for a movie trivia showdown panel I love I love seeing the Dannys by year uh, as Danny's costumes grow, and her costumes are amazing. She's had some great ones, especially in season seven, some real classics introduced. Um, but I love every year you see uh, Desert Danny, uh, Karth Danny, uh, Dragon Queen Danny. You see them all. Uh, each year it changes. It's pretty impressive. You guys do great work out there. So let me know here on Daily Thrones what have you dressed up as? Post the calls all through the week leading up to Halloween. More here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. So I am about to go to my Halloween party that my friend throws every year. And while I'm not being a Game of Thrones character this year, that is something one year I do want to do. I do want to do a great cosplay. And I think the best thing for me, I mean, look, I I love Stannis. He's my favorite character, but I, I don't feel I can pull... Stannis really off with my look. You know, I'm redhead. I'm a kiss, I'm kissed by fire. I think the best thing for me would probably be probably be Tormund Giantsbane. I I really want to do that one year. Maybe it will be next year, but anyway, maybe there will be some great Game of Thrones costumes um, at the party. If there are any, I will tweet you them on Twitter using the hashtag Daily Thrones. Eric's got the right idea. You gotta think outside the box. And if you're kissed by fire, Eric, I think you gotta grow that beard out, do it natural, and be Tormund Giant Spain next year. And you're right, if you're at a party, guys, if you're out this weekend celebrating Halloween and you see a Game of Thrones costume that just looks great, it's amazing, go ahead and tweet it to me. Use the hashtag Daily Thrones and we can talk about it here. All right, Eric, I'm challenging you. Next year, I wanna see a Tormund Giant Spain costume, and I want it to be you. Hey Ken, it's Vic. 
I've been thinking more about strategy for the Great War, and one important question that I think needs to be answered before defeating the Night King is understanding how the Whites and White Walkers communicate. It doesn't appear they have any spoken language, but regardless of whether they are creatures, giants, or humans from different tribes or clans, they all have some sort of system of communication. My guess is that it's telepathic, so in theory, if you could disrupt this telepathic link somehow, then you could put a crack in their ability to be organized. And maybe that's how you defeat them, because if they are no longer connected, then they don't know how and what to think. Anyhow, it's just an idea. Would love to hear your thoughts. So Vic is talking about something pretty interesting, this idea of how do the White Walkers communicate, how do the Whites communicate some kind of zombie devilish telepathy. Do we think, all of us, that Beric Dondarrion's theory, that if you take one of them out, the rest fall apart? I mean, we saw that. We saw that in action. But it was kind of one of those weird, mysterious things. Is it the Night King? Does he control it all? Do you think it's that simple? Do you think they're setting it up in that way? And how do you think they communicate? Is that going to be key to taking down the Night King and his army? I like this idea. It makes it an easy you know, stop button, so to speak, and that it sets up that that's what the war is about. But if that is really what the war is about, then I think... I'd want to see uh, strike teams. I want to see flying the two dragons right at the Night King. Just put all of your resources, all of your strategy, all of your firepower, all of your men on the Night King. Because I think, and maybe you guys can back me up on this, let's say you take out one of the White Walkers and 20,000 Whites fall because they somehow uh, were under his control. The Night King could just override that. Night King can bring back anyone to life. He's proven that. The come at me bro moment in season five at Hard Home was an absolute, complete, and thorough example of the Night King's powers. So if you're taking out the individual knights, excuse me, the individual whites, white walkers, and their whites, mixing my knights and my whites and my... Uh, character names here late on a Saturday night. If you take one of them out, I just I think that that temporarily helps you, uh, but I don't think that's the final answer. Also, we, did, we didn't see that before. When at Hard Home, uh, when Jon Snow took out uh, that White Walker as the as the Night King watched, no one else seemed to fall. So, but maybe he wasn't one in control of individual whites. Is that good enough strategy? Is that it? Let me know. What do you guys think? And to Vic's real big question, how do they communicate? What are your thoughts and theories on it? It's a zombified question here on Halloween weekend on Daily Thrones. I'm Ken Abzak, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of Vice and Fire. Just got back from a day at Los Angeles Comic-Con in downtown L.A. Always fun. I do love conventions. Uh, a little light on the Game of Thrones. I will say this. The, uh, it was Sunday. It's not the big day. Uh, the cosplay was uh, was not as, as big as it would maybe be on a Saturday. It was not there Saturday, but not a lot of Game of Thrones. But again, we're in this warming period. Uh, maybe it's more of a cooling period. I don't understand whether... 
I just know winter is coming and it's not going to leave for a long time. Uh, but still, a lot of great Game of Thrones merchandise and art on display. It's always fun. We talk a lot about here on how to design your nerd room, how to design it uh, in the fashion of Game of Thrones. Uh, if I was to completely interior decorate a house to be like Game of Thrones, we're not talking like posters or memorabilia or Funko Pops. Like, if you were to like design a house over your own house based on a house, what would it be? Uh, I, I actually think mine would be uh, the North, would be Winterfell. Not not quite Castle Black. Yeah, I do love my uh, do love my Night's Watch, but I, I mean, just a good. Uh, I, I like a cabin. I like going into the, the woods and, uh, you know, get a nice warm, toasty cabin. And that's kind of Winterfell. Winterfell's just a big cabin, right? Uh, what house uh, What house would you guys design your own house on? Uh, Dorn, that's another good one. High Garden, so pretty, so pretty. What would it be? Uh, as the series starts to wrap, and, and essentially the story starts to wrap, there's still a lot we're going to find out in the books, of course. But as the story wraps up in a way, it got me thinking about... All uh, all those years ago, uh, what is it now? We're talking seven years ago. Life was different. Oh, so different when Game of Thrones hit the screen for HBO. And we all learned what the show was about. Or you were a book fan who was like, all right, okay. They're keeping true to a lot of things here. I might stick around. Where the show is now, and I'm talking the story. Where the story is now. Did it end up where you thought it would be? Did it end up where you wanted it to be uh, especially for show only people or, or show first people like me I show came first then books after for me but uh, you know when it all is put on the table there in season one you got Lannisters and Starks and it's the battle for the Iron Throne and you got all these people on the side yeah you you were already thinking about what is the end um, but could you have imagined it was this there were so many things, and, you know, when you listen to old Nan talk, there's so many things out there that you uh, you kind of wondered if it was going to be true. You knew, obviously, because we saw a White Walker early on, that there was something else at play. There's something else going on, and something north of the wall was important, especially when two whites showed back up at Castle Black. You knew this was something serious. We got to figure this out. But I tell you what, I always focused on what the Iron Throne would be, which is why when I started hosting Game of Thrones recap and review and speculation shows, it was always about who's going to end up on the Iron Throne at the end of this all. Uh, now we're in, a, we're in a scenario where it's possible we're not going to have anyone on the Iron Throne. One, maybe by a result of a war, but also by choice. I wonder if that is going to be the big twist, or one of the big twists, is this idea of democracy coming to Westeros, something that we uh, we can see maybe happening. Uh, so the, st- the stories ended up where, you know, I could have predicted a big final battle. I could predict it coming down to Danny and John. But if you go back to seasons one and 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 go back to episodes one two and three kind of in the early days of the story i think the story has wonderfully gone so far beyond where i could have predicted it which is what i love now all these theories and speculations for game of thrones and star wars my two major fandoms i always say i don't want to be right that's why you don't hear me doing speculations a lot i said this before i love your speculations i love it i love reacting to it i myself i just 
think I'm too simple of a fan. I just don't take it in. I don't have my own theories and speculations as much, but I put things together. I listen to what everyone else says, and I'm like, ah, I picked my favorite one. So the theories started rolling out, and you knew Danny and John would factor into it. They had to be important, especially when those dragons were reborn. But for you guys, has the story ended up and got to a place that you thought it would be? Be honest. You thought it would be at the beginning. Let us know here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. Just thinking about something a little different here. I just arrived in Orlando, Florida for the first round of my brain injury treatment uh, with the doctor that put Sidney Crosby back on the ice. Um, that aside, it's got me thinking a lot about hindrances and disabilities and how people turn them into their strengths. So I, I would love to know what you and the Daily Thrones audience think. Is their favorite character who at one point had a disability or had a hindrance or something that was stopping them? that they took and turned into a strength. Um, that's my call-in for the day. I want to say thank you to everybody on Daily Thrones, and you as well, Ken. You know, this this has given me the ability to be a part of a community again, and uh, it's it's been pretty amazing. So thank you all so much, and I can't wait to hear what all of your answers are to this. So thanks for taking the call, Ken, and have a great day. All right, great call from Sir Thomas Atal, one of our regular contributors here. He's always got so much to add, so much uh, depth and thought into his uh, ideas, his reactions, and his uh, view of the show and the story and the books of A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. And as you heard his call, he's in Orlando for some serious uh, work right now, and we wish him the best. And Thomas, you are a, a very... Uh, key member and welcome member of this community and that's what i i didn't expect daily thrones to go this way this was uh when i partnered up with anchor which is a great app uh and a great service and a great product i believe in it i part partnered up to do 10 minutes a day of game of thrones gabbing that's what i uh set out to do talk about this favorite scene favorite character favorite moment but the ability for you guys to call and, and be part of uh, the show here on Anchor, uh, you know, I, I started in a radio. So it's like, all right, listener calls it, call, calls in. Listener requests. Sounds good to me. Uh, but I didn't understand the full scope of what it would be for Daily Thrones. And during the season, we exploded with a lot of different calls. I, I understand that. But now here in the off season, we, we got a smaller number of regular callers. And I hope that grows all the time. And if you're out there listening, you have a thought and a speculation and an idea about Game of Thrones and you're afraid to call in use that little call in button here on anchor and let me know do it get in here we want to hear your voice and build out this community the community that thomas is talking about thomas we're all rooting for you you are sir thomas the tall you're going to be back out there just like uh like you said sydney crosby but also duncan egg except for obviously a little different ending than duncan egg to thomas's question it's a big one it's an important one which character or characters in Game of Thrones with a disability or hindrance uh, do you focus on? Do you root for? Do you like which one turned those uh, hindrances into disabilities? Excuse me. into and Hindrances and, and disabilities into strengths. You guys know what I'm saying here. Um, I think that what's interesting about that is that's part of what George R. R. Martin set out to do. It's these broken bastards uh, type of characters uh, and uh this is uh the cripples uh, the cripples and the bastards and the and the broken people out there this is what he focuses on so i 
No, the easiest answer is, is immediately comes to mind is Hodor. Um, we now know why he suffered uh, that injury and how, and it's sad and it's tragic and it's a purpose. But uh, up until that moment, he never let it. He never let it get to it. Get to him. He just went on and did his life and served his purpose with great, great strength, great dignity, and in the end, uh, was just as important to the realm as any other hero and knight of the realm. Hodor is one too. Bran, of course. This is a kid who climbed, who wanted to be a knight. That's all you hear about in that first episode, and he loses that ability. And uh, that is um, a tough thing for a little kid, tough thing for anybody in life or in story. And he turned that around, found his purpose. Now he's a little focused, sometimes too focused, but Bran eventually accepted what was and started looking at what could be. And I think that's great. And then I look at Tyrion Lannister, born into privilege. He's a Lannister. Lannister privilege is pretty big in Westeros. But born a dwarf, born a little person. That is nearly a death sentence in the world of Westeros and Essos. If he wasn't born a Lannister, who knows what his fate would be. He would maybe be lucky to be performing in a traveling circus or being a court jester-like entertainment if he was lucky. Tywin wanted to kill him. And I think Tyrion, it's not really, in his mind, a hindrance or disability. But his diminutive stature is viewed by so many other people to be that, that he had to overcome it. He had to wear it as armor, as he says so early on in the show. Episode one, you learn who Tyrion is. There's a lot of pain he's hiding. A lot of things he has to work through. He may still be working through it. But Tyrion's journey, the ups and downs, it's the overcoming horrible family, overcoming the world's view of who he was. It never really stopped him. And he grew in power. And a small man can cast a large shadow. What are your guys' thoughts on this question? Call in. Let me know here on Daily Thrones.